Good morning, Resurrection OC family. All right, it is awesome to be worshiping with you again this morning. Uh, my name is Trevor Allen. I'm the church planting apprentice here at Resurrection OC. So basically that in a nutshell means we're here to learn, we're here to worship, we're here to work, and then we're here to go plant a church potentially. So uh, you'd be praying for that. Uh, last week, Pastor Bryce finished up uh, our series on Jonah. We did our four-part series on Jonah. Next week, we will be starting a new series. Uh, I don't know what that is yet, um, personally, but <laughs> hopefully Bryce does. Um, but today, I have an in-between sermon. So that means I get to choose whatever text out of you know the 100,000-plus verses that we have in the Scripture to choose from. In one sense, it's really great. I have so much freedom. In another sense, semi-daunting, because there's a lot to choose from. Uh, so this morning, I was thinking... To help narrow it down, what we're doing today as our, as our town hall meeting is going to take place after church, I wanted us to kind of get a re-identity, a refocus on what Jesus Christ calls his church. He calls us something, he makes us for something, and he does all of this to glorify the living God of the universe. So this morning, uh, if you would, we're going to be turning to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, verses 14 through 16. So if you have a, if you need to scroll there, flip there, turn there, whatever verb you choose, uh, Matthew chapter 5 will be our text. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, there are pew Bibles, or uh, pew Bibles, chair Bibles, underneath the uh, little blue Bibles underneath the chairs on the aisles here. Uh, so we're going to be going to Matthew chapter 5. This is the beginning of Jesus' most famous sermon, uh, Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5. And if you would, when you turn there, would you please stand with me and we'll read God's word together. I'll read and let us read along, focus and hear what the Lord has to say to us this morning from his word. All right. Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16 say this. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Would you pray with me, church? Lord Jesus, you have called us light. And this light that we have exudes from us because you have given it to us. Lord, let us be reoriented. Let us remember that our identity is that of a servant, that of a brother and a sister in Christ, that we belong to you, Lord, and that you are our very life source. And that as we find life in you, we're able to spread that life throughout our entire existence as human beings. We thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be the church. And I would ask now that you would open our ears that you would prepare our hearts, that you would open our eyes, that we would be able to see your word, that we would be not merely informed, but that we would be transformed by the power of your spirit this morning. We pray all of these things in your sweet name, Jesus. Amen. Please have a seat. All right, so this past week, it was, uh, for me personally, it was almost perfect weather. I love when it's gloomy and rainy and I, you know, if, if we could, I wish it was a little bit colder. I don't like the mugginess so much. Uh, but whenever I see the gloom and the rain and all these things, I actually start to look for rainbows. Uh, 
it's just one of those things I do. I don't know. I get excited when I'm like, oh, cool, rainbow in the sky. You know, it's like that uh, YouTube video from a long time ago. I get really excited about rainbows when I see them. And uh, I know my kids look for them too. So what is it that you think about when you see a rainbow in the sky? Do you just kind of like, oh, there's a rainbow in the sky? Or do you think back to Genesis with, you know, the flood and the promise and all this stuff? Or like me, do you sometimes think, what the heck is a rainbow? It's like the Skittles commercial is not totally right. So like there's got to be something else going on here. A rainbow is this absolute demonstration of God as the conductor of all of creation. He takes the light that is shining through the clouds in this storm, in this darkness. God takes the light of the sun and he shines it into this darkness. And then this beam of light is shot across the sky. Rainbows have this amazing splendor and order that that shine in typically dark, stormy, and chaotic scenes. It's almost as if when you see a rainbow in the storm sky, it demands a response from you, right? It demands that you look at it. And for me personally, what it demands is that my heart instinctively begins to worship the God who put that rainbow there that you see this beauty and this order in the midst of chaos and darkness. I praise the God who put that rainbow there. And now that we see this, the, the amazing thing about a rainbow, though, is that a rainbow in itself does not possess light. The, the, lamp, the rainbow itself, it refracts, it reflects, and it disperses this beam of light across the sky. The rainbow itself does not illuminate light. It reflects an exterior light. It's the, the sun shines through the storm and these drops of water are filled with light and then the light bounces around and it shoots off into the sky. And I, I think it's like we have to be at a 45 degree angle or something like that to be able to see it. In our Matthew 5 passage, Jesus actually calls us the light. He tells us to let our light shine before others And he tells us that the singular purpose for our light to shine before other people is that they would be able to glorify their Father in heaven. So this morning, as we're looking at Matthew chapter 5, if I had to put this into a big idea, into a singular thrust, into uh, the one main thing I want you to take away as a church and as individuals this week, this is our big idea, that y'all are the light to glow and show the glory of God. That's our big idea this morning, that you all, y'all, are the light to glow and show the glory of God. And so I'll repeat that a couple more times, but that's what I want us to take away this week. If you, if you, you know, crash out from here on out and you wake up with the amen, like, take that with you this week. Remember who you are and what your purpose is. So if you'll look with me, let's explore, uh, look at verse 14. Uh, it says this, Well, Jesus says this, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And in this little passage right here, when he says you, it's important to know who this you is. Who is Jesus actually addressing? Is he just talking to the disciples 2,000 years ago so it doesn't apply to us anymore? Is he, is he only talking to us and the disciples? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Who is Jesus talking to when he says, you right here at the beginning a little context like context is king when you're looking at scripture right like at the beginning of chapter five it says this matthew writes seeing the crowds he jesus 
went up on the mountain, and he sat down, and his disciples came to him. So when Jesus went up onto the mountain and he sat down, that was actually him signaling to the disciples that he was going to teach them. He's saying, okay, get ready because I've got a sermon and it's going to be a good one. Have a seat. And then the crowds follow the disciples and they follow Jesus. And then that's when he says, you. And uh, in verse 14, you are the light of the world. He's not just talking about the individual. He's talking about everyone who would follow after him. Now, the Greek word here is, it is y'all. Like, that's it. It's not just, and we don't, it sounds, you know, if we're not from, you know, the South, we don't say y'all, we say you guys, you know. So if Jesus said, you guys, I'm talking to you as individuals, but I'm talking to you as a church as well. That y'all, you all are the light of the world. And it carries this idea that we belong to Jesus. And this, this y'all isn't not just for the moment, but it's for the past saints it's for the ones that he was talking to, and it's for the church today and for future generations of the church. Like a rainbow, each individual drop of water together, they work together to refract and reflect and disperse this light that is not theirs of the sun across the sky. And so when Jesus says, y'all are the light in this world, just like a city set on a hill, the light of the followers that, that we possess as we follow Jesus, we display to the rest of the world. Now, Jesus informs all of his followers from the past, present, and future that we are the light. And in Resurrection OC, church, you are the light. Think about that. You are the light. In, in Ladera Ranch, in RSM, in San Juan, in r wherever you live, wherever you work, you carry this light and you reflect the light of the risen Christ as you follow after him. Y'all are the light that glow and show the glory of God wherever you are. So in verse 14, Jesus makes explicit what our identity is. He says, you are the light. You don't, there's not like levels of Christianity where you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid's flashlight, but then, you know, I'm going to go up to a spotlight one day. We reflect the light of Christ. He tells us who we are. If you're a baby Christian or if you're the most mature saint in the world, this is who you are. In verse 15, Jesus continues in instructing us what the nature of the light is. It says in verse 15, if you'll look with me, Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Now, the purpose of a light is to shine and to light in darkness. Imagine if we were on a church camping trip and we were taking a night hike and we all had flashlights and it's super dark outside and you know we all have these great flashlights and we turn them on and then we put them in our backpacks. It makes no sense, right? Like why why in the world would you do that? There's there's no point in doing that. The purpose of the flashlight, it is designed to bring light into darkness. That is its purpose. And it's a great thing to bring light into darkness, especially when you're traveling through the woods to mark that clear and safe path for sure. And light even functions as a beacon of safety. If you're lost, you can shine your light up. If you need to identify a spot, the light is a beacon of safety. It says, come here. This is where people are that can care for you. We can view it that way. And likewise, even in the midst of darkness, 
A lighthouse warns people. The light on the edge of the cliff warns nearby travelers that there's danger right here. So it's a beacon of hope. It, it guides and it directs. But one thing light also does, it's not always a good thing, right? Light exposes. Light will lay bare the very things that we have tried to intentionally hide. Why would a person light a lamp and put it under a basket? That They wouldn't. The very purpose of the light is to show. So, in the same way, would there be any reason that you can think of as an individual sitting in this room right now as the light of Christ himself? Why would you try to hide? What would you try to hide from the light? Is there something that you are purposefully, are you trying to purposefully retard or hide or cover up the light that we have in the scriptures. Friends, prior to us having this light that exudes from us now as followers of Jesus Christ, our existence was one of death and it was one of darkness. Our desires and our works were skewed because we have these hidden idols in our heart that were trying to take the worship that belongs to Jesus and Jesus alone. They were not exposed, but now that the light has come, we have exposed, Jesus has exposed those idols in our hearts. What was our rescue in this dark and broken world? Because I can say for a fact that if, if we as human beings truly intrinsically had our own light to shine, the world would not have been so dark. If we actually had this, this moral uprightness, we would not have needed an external light to come into the world for us had there not been any darkness. In uh, the beginning part of the Gospel of John, the first chapter, John writes this about Jesus in uh, verses 4 and 5. He says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Just like the rainbow that I mentioned in the beginning, it's not the water itself that possesses the light. But rather, it's this external light of the sun that shines into the droplets, then that reflects out, that brings this glorious rainbow across a dark sky. We have an external light that fills us, that we reflect in this world as the church of Jesus Christ. This light that we have, it's not based on what we have done. It's not based on what we do, whether it be our own moral goodness, right? our success in our career, maybe it's our ability to lead others, or our hard work ethic, our great leadership skills. You know, maybe you're just one of those people with an incredibly kind disposition, and you think that's your intrinsic light. But it's the light of Christ that we reflect that makes the glory of God known to all of creation. And I know that you guys hear this every single week. But think about it for a minute. This is, this is true, that apart from Christ, all we have is darkness and all we have is death. That is all that we have apart from the Lord Jesus. But here's, here's some good news. So go ahead and lift your heads up because this is some good news. That it was the very light of God that came into this world as the Apostle John writes. And this light exposes the darkness in our own hearts. The light shines into our lives and it makes our rebellion known against God. 
But it's not just making our rebellion known. It's also that this light leads us to safety, and this light leads us to true life. What does it mean to be a human being and to flourish? Jesus shows us that as the true light. He shows us what it means to be that. You see, it was the very plan of the Father himself, the Heavenly Father, that we would be delivered from our darkness and from our death. And this eternal, so he sends this eternal light, this the God-man, Jesus Christ, comes into this world as the very light of God that comes in and exposes the darkness. Jesus lived this perfect, light-filled life. In his life, he never even glanced toward the darkness. He never had darkness touch him at all. Yet, he was treated as one who walked in perpetual darkness. The light of life, the very Son of God, the perfect and immortal man who lived the utmost righteous life was treated as a dark and damned criminal as he was put onto a cross. And it was this perfect life of Jesus and this him taking our darkness from us. As he was crucified and he, and he was our substitute on the cross, the eternal light was laid into a grave. And after three days, that light beat the grave. That light, Jesus Christ himself broke the grip of sin and death in that moment, and the light overcame the darkness. That the darkness could not hold the light. That Jesus, in that moment, as he was hanging on the cross, the, the prince of darkness himself was mocking Christ as he was sitting there bleeding, but Jesus overcame him. Jesus took away all of our badness, and he gave us all of his goodness. And now he ascended. He rose to be where the Father is. He rose to where he once was in this glorious and unapproachable light. And where Jesus Christ is, there I am and there you are as well. Able to dwell in this unapproachable light as we reflect as human beings and as Christians this glory of God in Christ in everything that we do. This is applied to us because like a great physician, the Holy Spirit takes this life and this light of Jesus Christ, and he applies it to us. Again, it's nothing that we do. It is the grace of God that is given to us that we are able to reflect and to live and to show the glory of God in whatever it is that we do. So don't forget, church, that y'all are the light to glow and show the glory of God in Christ because of what he has done for us. And, and this is a shorter sermon today since we have our town hall meeting. So um, we'll close here. If you'll look at verse 16 with me. We'll close in, in this uh, last little bit by looking at verse 16. It says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said that we are the light and that we shine. And it comes full circle because we see that we are the light and that we are to shine. And then the purpose of our shining, of our radiance, of our luminescence is to show the glory of God. 
It's not to show people how much you've changed or how well you believe the gospel. It's not to show people that you're a that you were saved from, you know, God just saved us to be good people or to be moral people. God saved us for the purpose of glorifying our Father in heaven with our good works. And with the love that He's shown us, we are now able to show others that love. And you know, there there may be I'm anticipating a little bit here of this tension perhaps of this works and grace thing that is by our good works that we glorify God in heaven. And you may be thinking, well, you know, it is by grace that I have been saved through faith and it's, it's not my good works, but it's the works of Jesus. And I can rest in that fully and only. And I say amen to that. I absolutely agree with you. But I will tell you, it's not your good parenting or your skill in counseling or how much money that you, ha- that you donate that saves you. It's, it's like that rainbow that is, fills the dark sky and it reflects the glory of the sun across a darkened, stormy heavens. It is your works that flow from your salvation in Jesus Christ that show the glory of God. In the same way that the light shines through these little water droplets, as the glory of Christ changes us, it flows from us. It reflects out of us. It refracts and disperses wherever we are whenever we are acting and walking with Christ. Because church, verse 14, you are the light of the world. There is no other light. There are counterfeit lights. There are lights that say we may have this. There are lights that may mock and imitate or even do a really good job at being counterfeits. But we as Christians, as the church, as Resurrection Orange County, we have the true light and life of Jesus Christ in us. And we as individuals work together. How do we do this? What does the work actually look like? Well, this, this light of salvation as we respond to it is that we love the unlovable. That we befriend the friendless. That we are serving the needy. That we are bringing goodness to evil. That we are bringing order to chaos. That we are bringing light to darkness. We share as the light exposes. We share as the light who expose. We expose these evil desires. We, we bring guidance to those that don't know. We are like the flashlight in the wilderness. We are that beacon that people will come to. We are the light of Jesus Christ. We are his church manifest in this world. And we bring people to Jesus. But brothers and sisters, if, if you're here today and you're not feeling very luminescent yourself, if you feel like that you're walking in this burden with almost like a you know Charlie Brown cartoon with this dark cloud, the same dark cloud that follows you around all of the time, the same sin that keeps recurring that you struggle with, the conversation you don't want to have, the conversation that you did have that didn't go well, the whatever it is that you've done, this, this dark cloud, if it follows you around, I want you to know that we have access to the light as the church. That we encourage one another, that we can't know we're in darkness. You can't know I'm in darkness unless you invite me to your house for dinner. I can't know that you're in darkness unless I intentionally reach out to you and I love you. We can't know, we can't guide, we can't help, we can't strengthen each other 
unless we are in each other's lives as the church. And the way that we come to each other and we serve one another and we counsel one another is not by having the silver bullet sentence, but it's by bringing each other to the true light. Because if I come to you and say, look at my reflection of Jesus, don't you want that? That's counterfeit. Our job as the church is to bring Jesus, or to bring us to the true light who is Jesus Christ. So I would encourage you as a church, as a body, to remember that it is us who reflect the very light of life in everything that we do. And friends, this is not just the end. I'm going to close with this right here. In, in the book of Revelation, this is our future hope. This is what we hope for for all of eternity, that, that creation is moving toward a goal, and this is the goal of creation. It says in Revelation, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine in it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring glory into it. So until that final day, church, until that day when we are together in this perfect light of Christ, we have a mission to do. Remember that y'all are the glory, or I'm sorry, y'all are the light to glow and show the glory of God in creation. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've given us purpose. I thank you that you've reached down into darkness and you've, you've delivered us. You've pulled us out of this misery and this death. And Lord, you could have left us, but you didn't. In your eternal love, you came, Jesus Christ, into this world as the light in darkness. And now, even so, Lord, you tell us that we are light that we are co-heirs and co-reigners and co-workers with you in creation. Lord, equip Resurrection OC to be the light of God in Orange County. Let us bring others to you. Let us show where true life and true light come from as we point others to you, Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen.